Welcome to the Rockcast. I am Pastor Heath along with Matt, the Music Man, and today we are welcoming to the, everyone to the jungle of Guns N' Roses, 1987, Appetite for Destruction. Matt, where were you when you first heard Welcome to the Jungle? Uh, again, I guess it was like some of the others. It was uh, on MTV when I first saw the video and actually heard the song, heard about them, but uh, never could catch them on the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was only in, what, seventh grade, eighth grade when they came out, so I was still a pup. <laughs> still a pup. I was yeah. a senior. It was 1987. It was a senior. I remember the, the album came out and and just the grit, the aggression, the rawness of the sound, and Axel's vocals just screaming. I mean, it just, it was everything a teenage boy at that time, you know, you could connect to. Well, it was different than the than the glam metal and stuff that was that was out then and a right. lot of the 80s stuff. And so when I, I remember watching the video when he first cut off the the bus and he, you know, looked normal. Right. And I thought, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and, uh, and then I saw him on stage with that uh, pop filter over the microphone. His hair teased out. The big ha- hairspray. And I thought, oh, shaking no. And so, but, you know, I liked the song. Um, I still thought he was weird. You know, right. Was, yeah, but uh, the music part of it, man, I just, I loved it. It yeah. was, it was, it was uh, just real gritty rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. On that video, when, when he gets off the bus and he, he looks, for those of you who may not uh, remember, but he looks and sees uh, Slash playing on, the, on, the, on a TV inside of a store. And uh, funny thing about that, the song, when uh, years earlier when they had gone to New York, a couple of band members had gotten off a bus very similar to that, um, and a guy tried to intimidate them. They, they were just teenagers. You know, they were kind of running away and went to New York, got off a bus, and, and this guy— hollered at him, trying to intimidate him. He said, you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. So that's how that got into the song later when he screams that. That was actually told to them. So you didn't know it, huh? No, no. I thought he got it out of a Cracker Jack box. No, no. That was was the inspiration behind that line. Uh, But Welcome to the Jungle is about getting into the city life. It's got everything you need. It's got the drugs. It's got the violence. And and really, that's what this whole album is about. It's about an appetite for destruction. Uh, They had an earlier uh, album cover that was pretty graphic, and they went ahead and changed it, and then they went to the cross with the skulls and all that. And so, I mean, it's it's... I thought it was cool at the time. Instead of side A and side B, it was side G and side R. Yeah, the the cover though, mentioning that, it's funny because what they have a robot 
they they had an art you know picture of a, a robot uh, uh, and what was what what else was it I don't remember. well it, it was it was a little graphic like he was taking advantage of somebody oh like, I got you yeah well it's funny how they thought that was offensive. Right, but then the, I will put a cross on there with yeah. We'll put a, a cross with skulls, with skulls on it. You know, y'all's face on there, and <laughs> yeah, like like that wasn't offensive. Yeah, yeah, but it, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so the G and R side, the G side and the R side, rather than A and B, the G side was about guns. It was about drugs. It was about the hard life in the city. So every song on that side is about is about drugs and about city life and trying to survive. The R side. Uh, the the rose side is all about love, well, lust, sex, and relationships. So if you'll see how those two kind of tie together, um, but man, this this is the best selling debut album of all time. Now now the band had been you know they had played another different, but this this was their debut album in 1987, and it and it has sold more records, more copies than than any other debut album. Of all time, so they they changed the world with this uh, with this record, uh, and so we want to talk about uh, Axl Rose and uh, and the band. William Bruce Rose Jr. is his given name. Born in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, got in some trouble, uh, was in a broken home, and decided to move to L.A. Joined a band called Axl, and it was there where he decided to legally change his name to Axl Rose. Something that you may not uh, have known. So Axel, uh, man, what a, you know, he had a, a tremendous talent with his voice. Uh, but at the same time, man, his antics were were just terrible. I mean, he was like a punk. Uh, you know, the stories of him uh, getting angry or, or, you know, showing up late, the concert wouldn't start on time. Uh, I mean, he just had all these kind of uh, problems. Uh, and were you in St. Louis at the time when uh, when he got mad and jumped off the yeah, stage? It was in '91, around '91. I worked with uh, some guys, and they were going to the show at the Riverport Amphitheater, and um, they had lawn seats. And uh, I saw them a couple of days later, and they were telling me all about it. But uh, Everybody was all excited for GNR to show up, but then uh, they did their show, and I think it was during Rocket Queen. Whenever uh, all that uh, went on, they was I guess I guess what they played an hour and fifteen minutes, and uh, they just started that song, and uh, he saw that cat with the video camera, and and uh, started crying about it and dove off stage. Yeah, he staged dope. And, and, and <clears throat> punched one of the fans in the seats and got mad and threw his mic down, said he was going home, and then people just ripped the place apart. Talk about an appetite for destruction. I mean, here he, you know, he slams the microphone down, says he's done, and then everybody goes nuts in, in a rage, right? And earlier in the show... Uh, a guy on the front row was trying to hand him something, and he got mad because he interrupted. He was in between songs, you know, and he was trying to give him something, a piece of paper or something. He just wrote a note, and and uh, he read it, and he said, what am I supposed to do with this? And he was talking to the guy, and he said, you're going inter- to interrupt me for this, you know, and, and started cursing him and, and uh, threw it down. He said, well, anyways, and then they all started the next song again. He just 
you know, just a real jerk. So and, uh, that, crazy. You know, it's it seems when he dove into the crowd that, and he had always been that way. Right. So volatile and 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 just so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. His anger. Yeah. Um, Very bad anger problems. When uh, when Metallica, when James Hetfield burned himself with the accidentally through the pyrotechnics and and they were not able to go on. I mean, and then Guns and Roses was headlining that they could have. I mean, they could have come on and saved the day, and then the monitors or something wasn't right. Axel got all tw- sideways, and and walked off. Yeah, yeah. And there, I think there was some damage done up there. That was up in Canada, if I remember <clears throat> right. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, MTV Music Awards, uh, the it was it was the year that Nirvana played Lithium, and Chris, the bass player, knocked himself out when he threw the bass in here. <laughs> remember that? Wow, I've and forgotten that. It, well. If you at the end of that, after they destroyed their set, Dave Grohl comes out on the front of the stage and starts saying, Hi, Axel, hi, Axel. Well, before the awards show started, Axel Rose and Kurt Cobain got into it. Wow. And Axel wanted to fight Kurt Cobain. And, the pay per view. Yeah. And, and Kurt said, I hadn't been in a situation like that since I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> And this guy wants to fight me. And, he, and Kurt started laughing about it. He said it was just ridiculous, you know. Wow. And he was just, Axel's wound that tight. That is so crazy. You know, the speaking of being wound tight, this, just the tension, the the appetite for destruction, and, and it's never enough. I mean, the fame, the fortune, you think this is what you're living for, you finally get it. But then there's all this aggression. There's all this tension where each person basically is turning on each other. And, and that's what happens when, when you're giving in to uh, your appetite. Your fleshly, carnal appetite is never satisfied. And, and that's what we're dealing with here. here. We're dealing with uh, this, this spiritual battle and Axel and all the, uh, all the band members, uh, you know, turn into drugs, alcohol, and that whole first side. We're talking about Night Train. We're talking about Mr. Brownstone. What was that? I thought that was a nice neighbor that lived next door. Right. Yeah, I, di- I didn't realize at the time that we're dealing with heroin. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Brownstone, uh, remember the line in that song, uh, you know, I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. So a little got more and more. I just keep trying to get a little better, set a little better than before. And, and they're keeping dancing with Mr. Brownstone and they keep doing drugs and the drugs, their appetite for the drugs is, is what destroyed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the band was never the same after the fame and fortune that hit them, uh, in after Appetite for Destruction. No. I mean, they went global, no. and then the rest of the stuff was really just not that good, no. especially when Axel started going, hi, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is awful. What is he doing? <laughs> he's not, And he's not knocking on Evan's door. We'll talk about that in just a moment. <laughs> but that was terrible. I loved the music, but Axel's antics and those things just I just I just couldn't go for it. No, and Izzy Izzy was one of the founding members of GNR, and and uh, at the high point of Guns N' Roses, and that's when Izzy got sober, and he couldn't handle Axl Rose anymore. He couldn't he couldn't take it. Yeah, and he 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 was quoted as saying, "There's got to be more more to life than this." Wow. And he left the band and did his own thing. And then you know years later he went back and played you know a few months with them mm-hmm. with the original lineup, but. Um, he was done after that. They kept inviting him, and he just wouldn't do it. He didn't even go to the uh, the Hall of Fame induction. Wow. Yeah. 
I think Axel refused to go as well, didn't he? I think. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't remember. Um, so, so you would think fame, fortune, everything you could want. This would this would be Paradise City, but it's not. It's just all of the destruction uh, and self destruction. And in fact, Axel uh, has been in therapy. And you may not know this, Matt. I, I found out that he has. Uh, Years years ago, I don't know if he's still in this kind of therapy, uh, but it's called past life therapy, or past life regression, and it's a it's a very new age way of trying to go back, believing in reincarnation, which the Bible clearly teaches against. Uh, but this there's this idea that from a past life you're carrying over this re- aggression or regression, and they're trying to go back and find out why you are the way you are. And like I said, it's it's very new age. It's occultic. Anytime you're trying to get in touch with spirits uh, and try to channel things, it's it's always dangerous. And God's word's very clear on that. When we when we try to go around God and we try to get in touch uh, with the dead or or start looking back, and and I know there's been some testimonies of people that have found out supposedly found out things about grandparents or or things that they should have known. Um, but according to scripture, that's, that's demonic. Mm-hmm. There, there's familiar spirits that, that can, that do are aware of things and know things and can reveal it to you. Uh, but you're messing with the power outside of God. And that's something that's very, very dangerous. But Axel's trying to find, uh, this peace. He's tried to do it with Mr. Brownstone. He's tried to do it with the night train. He's obviously tried to do it, uh, with the philosophy of anything goes. You remember that song? Oh, yeah. Wow. And that is a mantra for today as well. And let's play the first part of that song, and let's cut away. Listen to this. Anything goes tonight. My way, your way, anything goes tonight. This song is about Axel having his way with something that he hasn't had yet. So it sounds like this this girl is a virgin. Uh, he's hungry for her, something that he hasn't had yet. And, and then basically it's about his exploits with her. And it's anything goes. That type of philosophy where there are no rules, everything's supposedly right, anything happens. That's what we're dealing with in our culture. We see that if if you have if you get to make up your own rules, then then we have chaos. And and that's what we're dealing with here. So all of the immorality, all of the um debauchery, the excess to live life however you want, we see it crumbles. It crumbles society. We're seeing that today. Uh, whether you believe it or not, it is it, it rocks the it rocks society, and that's why we see destruction, disease, and death ultimately. Uh, and it's because of sin. And you go, oh well, I don't believe in sin. 
That's just a religious term. That's just somebody somebody made up to scare people. No, according to the Bible, everything was perfect. And God said, anything goes except this one tree. There's one thing that I don't want you to do, and I don't want you to eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to protect you because if you eat of this tree, then you will die. So they had it all, man. They had they were with God. They had a perfect paradise. God creates this world perfect. Adam and Eve have it all. There's one thing they're not supposed to do. What do they do? They get drawn over. They believe Satan's lie that God's holding out. He doesn't know how to party. You just need to take a hit of this. And they take a hit of it, and instantly they realize that they were naked, and then that brings destruction into the world. That brings disease and ultimately brings death. That's why we see carnage. Why is the world so jacked up? It's because of sin. It's not just breaking some religious rule. It's worshiping ourselves instead of our Creator. And and aren't these songs—and we've talked about this before, Matt—when you think of worship songs— I mean, we think of singing to God, right? But aren't a lot of these songs on Appetite for Destruction worship songs? No, absolutely. They're singing about things that bring them worth, which is sexual immorality, drugs, Mm -hmm. getting drunk. Mm -hmm. These are the things they're living for. And so that's why immorality always leads to idolatry, according to the Bible, because you start worshiping these things. That's where your worth is. And so that's what we're dealing with here. Not trying to get religious in the sense of trying to, you know, the the whole reason you have an appetite for destruction, the whole reason, Matt, you and I love this stuff and we're drawn to it because it fed our flesh. It gave us that feeling, that empowerment, and we wanted what they had. Yeah. We wanted that freedom. What's sad is that it's not sustaining, and uh, that's why your, your appetites get... Bigger and bigger and bigger because what was once enough is no more enough. So you got to have more, more of the same or uh, more just a little bit stronger. Just keep trying to get a little better. So a little, you just need a little bit more, and that is Satan's lie. That if you could just have this, if you, you could just experience this, then you'd be set free. And what happens is you become a slave. And Axel and everybody else that's living for themselves and they're living for this world are slaves to sin and will ultimately end up in destruction. And that's why we should not worship these guys. When I see Axel now, because he's kind of fat now too, I mean, he's just, you know, I know he's singing with ACDC now. And, and if, if you would love to be him, you're in a bad, bad place because everything he's doing, I mean, is ultimately, unless he repents of his sin and turns to Jesus, he's going to be lost forever. He's not going to Paradise City. It's not going to happen. He's going to face judgment along with everyone else who lives for themselves. Now, listen to this in the Word of God in Revelation. Revelation chapter 20, it says this. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky, had fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. 
Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is the second death. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Satan's lie is that you can live and do whatever you want. You can be a rocket queen. You can you can be the sweet child of mine. You can just be in love with this world and then not have to worry about anything. But God's word is very clear that those who oppose God, those who've rejected Jesus and his offer of salvation will not be saved. They will be punished. They will be separated from God in a place of torment for all eternity. Paradise City is heaven. And the only only way you get there is through Jesus. And he came to give us a new appetite, Matt, just as he's done that with you. He's, he did it with me. I got saved. He gave me a new appetite. I, I, I didn't crave the things of the world. I, I craved to know him better. And so the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. If you claim to be a Christ follower and you don't have a new appetite, a new appetite for for goodness and godliness and holiness, then you really need to check your birth certificate. Because if you're still wishing you could live like Axl Rose and have fame and fortune and what is it? He's worth like $150 million and you know, he's living the dream. If if you aren't hungry for the things of God, something's bad wrong. Jesus promises a new appetite. And guess what? You'll no longer crave the drugs. You'll no longer crave the alcohol. You'll no longer crave the immorality. He will give you a new power and forgiveness, and he'll put his spirit inside of you, and he can change you just as he's done these two headbangers right here. So that is the message of the Rockcast today. We want to welcome you to the jungle of God's forgiveness when you turn from your sin and you come to the paradise of knowing Jesus. And so thanks for being with us today. We hope we've given you something to think about. I'm Pastor Heath. I'm Matt. Think about it. Come on.